0: You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast.
1: Hello listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here in Keep Canada Weird, my good pal handsome Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore some of the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on September 1st, 2022, Aaron and I catch up with the Freedom Convoy adjacent group that has been using a large 100-year-old church in Ottawa as their headquarters, we are nearly left speechless by an exorcism that recently took place at a Saskatchewan Bible camp, and we share two interesting stories relating to current municipal elections. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport, you've been complaining that it's hot. What is the problem here?
2: Uh, The heat. Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: That is the problem. You're going to be missing it soon. It's September 1st. And, you know, when the calendar changes from August to September, you know, fall starts getting real, at least in my mind. You Yeah, yeah.
2: Fall is real. Um, There's been some fallish moments in the past couple days, but yesterday and today, it's back up to, you know, late July temperatures. Mm, well, good. Enjoy it while we got it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: mm-hmm. don't know. I'm miserable.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh miserable in the fall. I'm miserable in the summer. I'm just I definitely... actually really
2: uh shut up for a second. I actually really like the fall.
1: I, if it was fall year round, like if I could pick any one season and have it all year be that season, I think I would pick fall. But the problem is like I hate the summer and I hate the winter. So, fall, I get a bad vibe because, you know, I know winter's coming. Spring, I get a bad vibe because I know summer's coming. If mm. I could just really stretch out in fall, I'd be a happy man. But
2: if I, yeah, if I were to pick one season that would extend the entire year, it would be the fall. The colors, the temperature is mm. perfect. The Halloween. The Halloween, the excitement. And in yeah. Canada, Thanksgiving rolls around in the fall. Mm-hmm. That's lost. so nice.
1: Uh, well, we got a lot to look forward to. But before we get to the things that we're looking forward to what's new with you what have you been up to i don't think i've talked to you uh,
2: and i talked to you last
1: week okay i was
2: feeling we skipped a week that was the week we did skip a week uh with this show but you and i did uh Oh, a little guest right. appearance on yes. an, on another podcast, which is why we weren't here last week.
1: Yes, we weren't here last week because we were, we did a guest appearance on Crawl Space for they titled their episode "Keep Earth Weird," but I think that was wrong because all the stories that they picked were American. We're stories. from America, yeah. yeah let's so keep that, America weird. It's false advertising, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So they are looking to kind of do a similar show to ours. Mm-hmm um a keep america weird style show and uh so we were on to talk about it talk about keep canada weird and what we do and what we say and you know tell them to not do it don't copy us yeah
1: but to they they wouldn't listen they're doing it
2: they are doing it anyway in spite mm-hmm. of, of of our you know very uh aggressive
1: recommendations to them um so yeah so we haven't been away from each other for a while but is anything going on like did anything interesting happen Do you need to tell me about anything before i tell you, you what what's need
2: like, to tell you about anything. i got
1: something burning a whole i don't time. need
2: to tell you anything
1: um i'm a closed book you don't know what goes on do you see this for people who are listening uh as opposed to watching what i hold in my hand like i'm a bit of a pop connoisseur i'll be the first mm-hmm. one to admit i drink way yeah. too much uh, I'm also a sucker for any kind of limited edition, new flavor, special edition. But this is just isn't any special edition. What I have in my hand here is Coca-Cola sugar-free, limited edition flavor, and the flavor is called Dream World. Okay. Now I've been waiting ages to try this, and okay. I've been have been in, It's been in my fridge. I've been waiting for the right time to open it and take a sip. Um, And I'm going to do it now, but before I do it, let me tell you why I'm so excited about this. Not just because it's pop that I love, not just because it's sugar-free, and not because it's a limited edition. All things I'm into. Let me read you the description of how Coca-Cola is marketing this limited edition flavor, Dream World. Here's what they say about it. Coca-Cola Dream World makes the most fascinating parts of our imagination real the limited edition sparkling beverage from Coca-Cola Creations explores the realms of the surreal, the imaginary, and the otherworldly. Experience that familiar Coca-Cola taste, but now with a surprising and unexpected flavor
2: from a dream world.
1: (laughs) Does that sound like a description of pop? It sounds like utter
2: nonsense and gibberish. I'm trying it right now. So what does complete nonsense taste like? We're about to find out. (sighs)
1: <sighs> oh. oh, it tastes like it's foaming up. Not a dream world, like... but a nightmare. It tastes like Coca-Cola mixed with maybe cotton candy and maybe a little bit of like fruit punch. Like I'm getting Coca-Cola really? and cotton candy fruit.
2: So it's just whatever's at the mm-hmm. bottom of the barrel in the, in the Coke factory. <laughs> whatever's kind of, it's the hot dog of, of sodas. Oh, it's like, um, it's confusing. If you, yeah, it's just whatever fall offs, you know, falls off the factory floor and then they just dump it into one container. It's like, let's call it dream world. And even the logo, people like Jordan will buy it.
1: Even the logo, like the artwork on the bottle is kind of like this trippy thing. It's like, there's like a window and the Coca-Cola symbol is kind of like floating through the window as are these other kind of abstract shapes. Like someone at Coke was really going out on a limb with this. Uh, I like it. I'm here for it. I'm. I, I like a new weird flavor.
2: Yeah, yeah. It sounds so dumb.
1: <laughs> uh, well, let's get into it here. We're not here for. Pop I'm drinking days. wine, in
2: case you're wondering. You never asked me about my drink. Yeah, how do you? And you drink white wine. That's um. Well, I, I used to predominantly only drink red wine, but then. This summer, I've been getting into the white. It's very refreshing. Well, I think really it is
1: enjoyed. like a summery drink, right? Like you would drink white Yeah, wine. well,
2: you, white wine is chilled, so okay. you know there's that aspect of it, whereas red wine is room temperature or whatever.
1: Okay. Well, mm-hmm. good. I'm a fun, glad you got a drink there. Well, let, let's get into this. We have our drinks. Thanks. We're all set up, ready to rock. It is now time to keep Canada weird. Um, and we got a, a plethora of strange stories here. Uh, from all sides of the of the food court, I guess is how we'll put it. We have been yeah, where we usually hang out. Yeah, we have an exorcism in Saskatchewan. We have uh, some updates about. I, th- I kind of call them the Freedom Convoy Church, but really, what we're talking about is the church in Ottawa that was taken on by a quote unquote like community oriented group called the United Peoples of Canada. We, uh, they're in a lot of trouble, and there's some strange stuff going on there, not uh, not unexpectedly. We'll catch up with them. And then we have two sort of political stories, political in terms of uh, them both involving municipal elections. A politician or some kind. Yeah. Uh, so we, yeah. So we got some cool stuff. Before we get into these stories, and in a moment we'll negotiate which story we start with, I got two listener voice memos to share. Um, the first one I'm a little bit worried about this because it, it's making me know. question the impact we have on Canadian tourism and not an impact in terms of people not coming to Canada. But I hope we're not impacting people who come to Canada from abroad, impacting their decisions on what they're going to do. So uh, okay, I haven't heard any of these so, folks. So now, uh, I say two voice memos. One's a voice memo, one's an email that I'm going to the yeah. voice memo is uh, is Zoe who came to Canada uh, and I think she wants to kind of try out some of the things we've talked about. Listen to this. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, well, we will see. Hi, Jordan. This is Zoe <coughs> from Germany. My husband and I are currently in Canada traveling with an RV and it's our first time in Canada and we've enjoyed it so far. And also first time, visiting Tim Hortons today and um, we are doing this because we think uh, we should be visiting Tim Hortons when in Canada. My uh, professor in when I was studying abroad always talked about Tim Hortons and also you in your podcast frequently mentioned Tim Hortons so I thought that we should give it a try ourselves but I'm also a little bit scared since um, you said that it's quite awful (laughs) but um, yeah we'll just see for ourselves and also what happened on the way here to the Tim Hortons is that my husband pulled into the um, restricted area of a police parking lot so that reminded me of the Peterborough (laughs) incident which made me then laugh of course so um, yeah so thank you for your podcast I really enjoy it and have a good day bye bye
1: so my problem with that is Zoe teases us. She's
2: like we're in Canada yeah, we don't we don't get the the end
0: result.
1: Yeah, so what like, where she is think? the
2: punchline? Yeah did, what does she think of the coffee? Yeah so she starts here. I know what she thinks of it she's like this is
1: garbage. Well you'd think she would have sent me a follow-up voice memo. I wonder if she tried the coffee, loved the coffee and is just like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about <laughs> He hate he hates Canada. He hates you know freedom, all these sorts of things which we do. Zoe, if you're listening, I compel you and your husband to send us another voice memo giving us your thoughts on what it was like in Canada. But more importantly, we're interested in what you thought of Tim Hortons.
2: Yeah, please. We really want to know your honest, unfiltered opinion of the coffee. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Then I got we'll call this a piece of uh, we'll call this feedback. This is someone elaborating on. a topic we touched on briefly in a past episode they know a lot more about it than us it has to do with uh, we did a story recently about a cat that returned home after like nine years i think it was because they that the cat had a tattoo on them if you know yeah, i you remember, remember the like, conversation
2: right? about the uh okay the tattoos on the cats
1: so here's what they say hey i just listened to the episode of keep canada weird with the reunited with the reuni- reuniting of people with their cat Both you and Aaron mentioned you hadn't heard of the tattoos on cats. It's actually fairly common. Usually owners get the option when the pet gets neutered or spayed. The vet or the vet tech will take a tattoo gun and put a tattooed number in the ear. And that specific tattooed number is for the pet and that pet only. If you adopt, usually the rescue or the adoption center will already have the tattoo done. Or at least they should have recommended it. So I didn't know that. I don't think I've ever noticed like a numbered a number tattooed on a cat I think I'd be scared of that cat but wait, yeah I would think that
2: would be very uh, dehumanizing to have a, a number kind of tattooed unless on it's, it's, unless it's really small yeah you know, that's
1: more appropriate I don't know
2: I mean if it's you know it is what it is it's, it's to help the cats when they're lost so sure mm,
1: it's important yeah um,
2: I, I, I support it well
1: we're caught up with feedback listener voice memos Let's get to it. Aaron, We I've explained the stories. Where do we start this? Do you want to get political? Do you want to get spiritual?
2: Are we ever going to talk about the pizza at Tim Hortons on this show? Holy
1: crap. How did I forget about that?
2: I was surprised it wasn't in the list of stories. this
1: week. We just got to get into it right now then. I've even called out to listeners... Um, in Ontario specifically hoping that they would be willing to go to Tim Hortons and buy one for us but I don't think this needs much of a setup Tim hortons is at it again you, <laughs> you want to yeah. tell us do you know what's going on can you explain well right? I
2: heard that they're they are testing in mm-hmm. certain uh stores you know I, I don't know exactly where it's
1: only in Ontario
2: it's only in Ontario mm-hmm. And it's a new product line from Tim Hortons. This is what they're good at is pumping out the new products and it's pizza. Yeah. And a lot of people I saw on social media were directly reminiscing about McDonald's pizza.
1: Yeah. And and I'm sure that's why Tim Hortons is doing it. It's because like the the nostalgia that's connected to McDonald's. There's pizza. a lot
2: of positive memories about the McDonald's pizza. Everybody remembers it very fondly.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think Tim's is just kind of jumping on that. But yeah, they they are doing a kind of a, a test run of um, mm-hmm. of i think they have two or three different flavors that are on the go across Ontario. Not not all restaurants in Ontario, but in in a bunch of them, and only in Ontario. I've watched a few reviews on YouTube and read a couple articles about them. And honestly, I've, I've seen some kind of positive reviews people are saying Mm -hmm. given what it is it's not that bad but uh we'll we'll see if it ever makes its way to Nova Scotia I'd love to try it again I put I put a post on Twitter and Facebook saying anyone in Ontario like I'll pay for you to have a pizza and get you coffees and stuff if you'll just try one and tell me about it Nobody took me up on it or the people who did say I would do it, they weren't able to find a Tim Hortons in their area that had it. Yeah, yeah. Then our buddy Randy Stonewall, who's been on the show multiple times, he was in Ontario and I asked him to go looking for it and he said no.
2: No dice. Simply, no,
1: I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm too busy. (laughs)
2: i've got bigger fish to fry than to go and and play some game with tim hortons with you
1: yeah so yeah that's fair i respect that yeah but you know if if it comes to nova scotia you know we're both going to try it and we're going to talk about it a bunch oh we're
2: going to have another uh video of us each trying it yeah we did the tim beebs i did the tim beebs i'd happily do pizza oh god i eat pizza almost every day anyway so Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be going out of my way exactly so what are we going to get into
1: here? Again, we got we can get spiritual, we can get political, we can get, uh, I guess, activism-y, I mm-hmm. guess is how I would how I would define that. What do you think we should? start? I say with? we either start with
2: the spiritual or the the church, like the activists or the yeah. you know freedom convoy type characters in the church. Uh,
1: the I think people are calling them the freedom adjacent church. Uh, although they yeah. seem to deny that, uh, yeah, let's get into. Let's start with that because it's an update, and we kind of did a bit of updates with that feedback message and whatnot. When we talked about the the church in Ottawa that is being occupied by the United People of Canada, first a correction. When we talked last time, we were under the impression that they bought the church because yeah, that's what I thought. Too. They didn't buy the church; they've been renting it, uh, mm. and that's kind of where the trouble begins. They're about ten thousand dollars behind in their rent, according to the news reports. As a result, the owner of the building is trying to evict them, and they're not taking it well. Uh, I'm gonna play you just a short, um, a short clip that'll kind of give you get you caught up on what's going on. And spoiler alert: it's like. It immediately, is, it immediately got ridiculous. So here, here we go.
3: Let's take you to Ottawa now, where a small group linked to the self-styled Freedom Convoy is vowing to stay at a local church where they have taken up residence. A midnight deadline to leave the premises passed yesterday, leaving many neighborhood residents frustrated and wondering if the group will be forcibly removed. Hillary, where do things stand now? Well, Hannah, at this point, the group says that they have no intention of leaving. Meanwhile, neighbours in that area, an area of Ottawa called Lower Town, want uh, this group to leave. Uh, and the landlord, the, the person who owns that former church, also wants this group that's been calling itself the United People of Canada, uh, want the group to leave uh, as well. Now, for their part, the Ottawa Police Service has come out and said that they're going to have an enhanced police presence at the site because they say they've received a number of calls from both uh, the group that is currently renting this space and the neighbors in the area as well. The police say that they're going to try and remain neutral, try and keep the peace here, but they will have enhanced presence there because of a number of calls they've received both this week and last week. Here's a little bit of what we heard from one of the members of the United People of Canada uh, saying that they have no intention to leave that site.
4: So you're going nowhere, you're not leaving
0: the premises? We are, we are not leaving the premises. We're lawfully here and we're going to be staying here.
3: Here's a little bit of what we've heard from area residents as well. What I'd like to see is that they recognize that the owners um,
5: want them gone, that the owners do want a legitimate business in the facility and that the community also wants a legitimate business in the, in the facility and that they leave peacefully. Are they going to do that? No. I'm concerned that they're going to get more uh, people in camp, like camp, Canton squatting there to help, um, to help support the building, right, and that it will become uh, sort of like their new, their new hold the line spot.
3: Last week, there was a notice posted to the outside of that church uh, saying that the landlord had terminated the lease. The landlord uh, saying that the group owed more than $10,000 in rent, uh, also making claims that they had uh, broken some heritage rules by making changes to that building without receiving uh, the proper, uh, sort of going through the proper process in order to do that. So at this point, Hannah, tensions remain high. You have two different sets of people, Uh, the group saying they're not going anywhere, and area residents very much wanting that group to leave the church.
1: aye, aye, aye. it's heating up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's heating up.
1: Yeah. Uh, in reading like about what's going on and getting caught up on the church and the whole debacle there, there was actually just last night a video going around where I. I they didn't give the identity of the person, but assuming I'm assuming it's a, a community member from someone in the area. But regardless, someone walked into the church uh, and just kind of like sat down in the middle of the church. And one of the main organizers of the United People of Canada group approaches the guy and he has his camera running on his phone, of course. And he's like, who are you? What are you doing here? And the guy's like, I'm just staying here. I'm not leaving. And they're like, you have to leave. We're going to get the cops. You know, we're going to escort you out if you don't leave. And the guy's like, you can't kick me out. They want you out of here. You, you know, I got as much rights to be here as you do. Um, the people from the church eventually call the police who come and uh, end up arresting this man who was there, straight up saying, like, you know, you, you guys aren't leaving, so why should I leave? But it's uh, mm-hmm. it's getting ugly.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is, and
1: Um, and it's getting ridiculous. If you only hear that article, you don't realize that they did this like kind of press release or press conference where they stood out front of the building with all of the members of the United Peoples of Canada holding water guns.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've been yeah. I saw a clip of them holding the water guns. Yeah,
1: and they've been spraying people who've been bothering them.
2: Are just cats bothering them? Is that? <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I think
1: that... there was like people kind of like protesting them and yelling stuff at them, so they well, spray like a them. super
2: soaker is not going to deter anybody. That ah, would deter yourself. unless it's an eight year old. And...
1: We got we've been in through this in the past. Is it or assault? unless
2: it's the aliens from the movie
1: Science. Yeah, that's right. But remember our whole conversation: about, is it? Assault? You know, when you're through. Dump water on someone's head and all these sorts of things—is it assault? If you... Well, especially
2: when it's coming from a gun. Yeah,
1: is it a loaded water gun?
2: <laughs> a loaded water gun.
1: Yeah. Um, but where does this end with the church?
2: It ends with them getting thrown out. How else can it end? I, know,
1: I just think it's—I—I I don't expect it's going to get ugly, but I think the—the uh, the problem is this. This group, it seems, uh, it seems like a bit of their whole ideology is a little like. It's kind of has this like legal undertones and stuff. I imagine they would be nightmares to evict from a large church.
2: No, it's not going to go smooth, but yeah, it's
1: already not going smooth. It's making national news. No, no, no.
2: But I mean, now that we know that they're renting and they don't own the place, like we thought originally that they owned it and they were like, we're going to turn this into a community center. That's going to be kind of, you know, for our cause or whatever the case is. And, now it's like well you're renting and you haven't been paying your rents and it's a historical building and you've been making changes to it that you haven't gotten yeah you can't do that you you have multiple strikes against you like someone else owns that building and is going to evict yeah, you. it
1: uh, knowing that they're renting completely changes my view of the whole story because I again like thinking that they own this multi-million dollar building my questions more so were like who is funding this where are they getting this money yeah yeah but now yeah. it appears apparently nobody is because yeah they're just all kind of squatting <laughs> they're not right. even paying rent <laughs> uh, so yeah that that changes everything for me I just hope uh, I feel bad for people in that area. To have to deal with
2: something like that—it's uh, just a giant nuisance. Like, I mean, I don't know. I still can't get over the water guns and the capes. And like, what are they doing? Yeah,
1: it's because um, it, it, again, uh, the whole idea initially when we talked about it. Like, didn't the guy have a scepter yeah, or something? Yeah, he had a, a like tinfoil tin or... scepter f- <laughs> in like, a fake <laughs> crown and stuff. But when... People really
2: are losing it.
1: Yeah, there. they certainly are. But when we talked before, we thought they had all this money. And they came across as really, like, organized.
2: Organized. And, 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 and it's like, oh, wow, the Freedom Convoy is, like, setting up... You know almost like embassies yeah, now and, that's and, the, and are really organizing but it's like wait a second these are just squatters in with capes and water yeah and they
1: just kind of trolled everybody for a couple cycles of the news when they were interviewed the first few times but now it's like no they're completely wild so
2: oh yeah no it's as wild as a giddy they're fair <laughs> um
1: well, I guess that's the update for the church, but uh, for the embassy, I've, I've been calling it like the Com- Freedom Convoy Church, but
2: well, I, I'm calling it just a church now. Yeah, uh, it's... it's not an embassy. It's not anything but a church that that some you know interesting folks are squatting in. Good
1: way in. to put it, but I, I don't think this is the last that we're going to hear about them on this show. I'm sure there's there's more around the corner. These people aren't just going to tomorrow. Uh,
2: no, uh, there'll be updates. There'll be updates to this story.
1: Um Well, let's get into the next thing. Let's get spiritual. What do you think?
2: Yeah. I'm ready for my soul to be cleansed. Oh. I actually have some demons in me, so let's Or let's have you been having story. seizures? That's I guess that's the big question. Well, isn't it the same thing?
1: In Saskatchewan, depending on which Bible camp you go to, uh, the, a specific Bible camp, it seems to be the same thing. Now, um, first of all, my thoughts on, let's because this is going to be a story about exorcism and exorcists and all that sort of thing. Um, whenever I hear a story like this, I immediately think of the movie The Exorcist. I'm assuming you've seen it.
2: Yes, I've seen you it. you love it as much as I do? As much as you do, probably not. I I enjoy it, but it's not something that I'd say I love. I
1: I love it, um, but I see it as a work of fiction and the idea of an actual exorcism taking place, I don't agree with. Especially when it's like a spontaneous thing at a children's summer camp. Mm -hmm. If a kid is having what may be a medical emergency or maybe they're possessed by the devil, or some kind of demon, I wouldn't jump into, like, let's give him an exorcism and then see what happens. Uh,
2: No, no, I would have taken a much different approach. But everybody
1: approaches things in different ways, and I guess that's what this story is about. So let's, uh, let's hear what happened here.
4: A summer camp is under investigation after an alleged exorcism took place in the middle of July. A mother CTV News spoke to says she received a call from her son in distress after he saw a kid collapse with blood coming from his face. The mom rushing out in the middle of the night to pick up her son spoke with staff which she believes the kid was suffering from a seizure. Tyler Barrow has more and a warning. This story does contain graphic details. An RCMP investigation is underway after a boy allegedly suffered seizure-like symptoms during an exorcism ritual at Redbury Bible Camp. Heather Wachinski tells CTV News she first learned of the alleged incident after she received a hysterical call from her son in mid-July.
0: He was crying and screaming and swearing and asking, begging me to come pick him up immediately.
4: Raczynski's asked to not be shown on camera to help protect her son's identity. Rachinsky says her son described an apparent exorcism at the camp, located roughly 80 kilometers northwest of Saskatoon, where a boy collapsed with blood coming from his face. Rachinsky says she immediately asked to speak to an adult and was handed over to the camp's director.
0: He said we've had satanic activity here in the past, and apparently we do again. And I was just like dumbfounded.
4: Rachinsky drove to the camp, arriving around 1.30 a.m. on July 14th. She says she was told a staff member had exercised demons from a boy who collapsed, growling and contorting on the floor.
0: My partner was with me and he said, so you mean the kid had a seizure? And they said, nope he we saved him
4: she says she was told there was no medical follow-up on the boy rachinsky left immediately with her son she says five others ended up leaving as a result of the incident which says the boy who the exorcism was performed on remained at the camp ctv news has not heard back from the camp following multiple requests for comment the staff member who allegedly performed the ritual carlos dirksen who ctv news also made a request to speak with but never heard back from appears to address the incident in a youtube video
2: Poof! He just starts shaking. He's shaking. His eyes are rolling back in his head. His nose starts bleeding.
4: Dirksen later going on to say he was let go from the camp following the incident. The Saskatchewan Camps Association says it was saddened to learn of the alleged events. We are reminded of the importance of due diligence when it comes to providing safe camp environments and who is entrusted to provide that care. Redbury Bible Camps accreditation is currently under review as a result of these events. As for Rachinsky, she says her son is traumatized by the situation and doesn't believe he'll ever go back to another camp.
1: Holy moly. (laughs) That story gets right into it, right? Oh, yeah. Can you believe that this happens today at a Bible camp in Canada?
2: In Canada? uh, Yeah. I don't know. know, I I do believe it because, man, they're still out there. Who is out there? Just the,
1: the demons or the wild people?
2: Yeah, yeah. Depending on what you consider demons, I guess. I don't know. Like, just like, I don't know. You think society is going forward sometimes, but then you realize, oh, God, we're not not all of us some of us are trying i, to
1: I say this a lot but it's like the, i've been brought up by x files but specifically fox Mulder, to let me know that the government mm-hmm. knows about aliens and they're not telling us because society can't handle it uh as a mm-hmm. teenager i often kind of doubted that i'm like no the government like why would the government keep it from us we could handle it after seeing you know the last like as an adult looking at the world through this lens, Mm -hmm. it's like no of course not like humans shouldn't I don't know if we should know
2: anything at this point there's still such a a big enough percentage of us out there that are incapable of processing anything like you know life outside of this planet I mean seizures seizures just regular medical conditions where an ambulance what what 911 is you know like um, listen to this
1: I don't know if you found if you stumbled upon this but one of the kids at the camp spoke to CBC and explained yeah, I saw yeah that. he, he yeah. explains what actually went down he was in the room during the exorcism and yeah it it, it is as crazy as it sounds check this out.
5: He got him to stand up um, after asking him a couple of questions because the boy said he was seeing faces. And after he did that, he put one hand on his shoulder and one hand on his chest and started um, speaking in tongues. He also had a jar of water that he would kind of like, he would dab a little bit on his fingers and then he um, put a cross on the kid's forehead. And then he started speaking in tongues and then he would start saying things like filthy spirit leave this vessel and in the name of Jesus get out of this boy Um, and all well um, he would kind of switch back and forth from speaking in tongues to commanding the demons to leave and it was about it was basically a back and forth between that and sometimes he would ask um, the kid questions like do you know who I am or can you say Jesus is Lord? Uh, and that was basically all he was doing during it. Right before it started, the kid who was getting the exorcism was in a different cabin. So right right before it started to get really, really intense, um, our Carlos told our other cabin leader to go get the cabin leader for the boy. And when he came, he brought uh, one of the cabin leaders and the camp director. And at some point, the camp director said, we should all leave. And I think two kids stayed a little bit later, but came, bat, came with us in a short amount of time.
1: So hearing it said like that paints a pretty bizarre picture. When people start speaking yeah. in tongues and putting water on kids' foreheads, uh, in the middle of the night in a cabin in the woods, like weird stuff's going down.
2: Oh, just it's there's no words to really describe this situation. Like when you see like you, you see this kid, you know, who was attending the camp, recalling the incident. And you can tell that his perspective of it is just like These are the adults that are supposed to be watching over Mm -hmm. us while we're at the camp. And they're doing this stuff like they're doing exorcisms on someone who is taking a seizure like. what? This doesn't make any sense to this Mm -hmm. kid, you know. So wh- why is this? Why is it so upside down?
1: How is it allowed?
2: Yeah. And I guess uh,
1: you should Well, we'll get here's another topic, I guess, within this is I was about to say, like, how does this happen? And maybe it, it all seems to kind of focus on that one guy that the like kind of the leader, Carlos, mm-hmm. who has kind of a. Complicated background and he seems to be the one who's taking the fall because he is now lost his job at this Bible camp And it seemed that he was yeah. one who jumped into you know Something's going on with this person who may be taking a seizure. Let's do an exorcism and he took the lead on it and performed the exorcism uh, But it isn't just him No, it's not. It's the owner. Yeah. Here's wow. a, a short interview with the owner, who's he just kind of doubles down on it all, and and it now makes me question. Like this, Carlos guy lost the lost his job, but the owner seems to be kind of
2: the camp needs to be shut yeah, down. Here's, That's the only way to handle. Here's this. what the
1: owner has to say. He was praying that Jesus would would free this boy, yeah,
0: you know, or help this boy, because we are of faith and we a camp and we, we believe in the power of Jesus and I believe in in that there's evil in the world and uh, can affect people in severe ways sometimes. And so this cabin leader has experience with uh, with the powers of darkness. And in fact, he was involved
1: in dark things for quite a while and then has since changed his life and has been a strong cabin leader for us. So he was probably the best person to be in the room at that point and it was not really something that once it began that could, could be stopped so hearing that makes me less kind of upset with carlos this owner is the guy that i'm pointing the figure at he's like this camp leader had uh, experiences with the power of darkness and you know he was the best person mm-hmm. to be in the room so it just makes me like this th- i would yeah. bet my life this isn't the only insane thing that happened at that summer camp
2: oh no if if the cabin walls could talk at that place I'm sure I'm sure the real demons would come out let's
1: make this a call out though for anyone who's ever attended this Bible camp I would love to hear from you because I have a feeling every person who went there that's of sound mind will have uh, a story that they come home with about something interesting that happened
2: yeah and again you know like there's nothing we're not against believing in religion or you know uh, the bible or whatever you know whatever whatever
1: you do you do right but i think this is on a different level though this
2: this, this is on a different level this is this has gone beyond insanity this is just chaos uh, it
1: is chaos um i would love to know like it, the boy who had the exorcism performed on him uh as far as i could tell his identity hasn't been revealed his parents haven't spoke to any news outlets or anything like that i would love to know more about you know what he has to say and what his family has to say, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a strange story. Um, the police have said there will not be charges laid, or They don't expect charges to be laid, but they are investigating. Why? Oh, why? Like, well, I, I was thinking about that. What would the charges be? I guess like kind of like a negligence, negligence like, kind of well, I'm sure there is,
2: uh, I'm sure there's a, a list that you could draw a mile long of, of charges you could, mm-hmm. you could pin on this yeah. thing. But just complete incompetence, like, yeah, I don't know, like fines. There's got to be fines of some mm-hmm. kind, like there's got to be something they can do, like and not just be like, ah, oh, we're looking into it. But, you know, the executive director is also a complete nutcase, too. So we're just going to let this one slide. Mm-hmm.
1: But what if, like, could you make a case to say that this Carlos guy didn't believe he was doing the right thing at that time?
2: I don't know. I don't know, where do we draw the line? But I
1: just think if you were to have him...
2: I'm sure everybody knows that... I I don't care how religious you are, everybody should know to call an ambulance.
1: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I agree. Like a a reasonable... There's no excuse. Yeah, like an average person, reasonable...
2: And you just argue it with yourself, well, Jesus made ambulances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, Jesus gave us the power to heal ourselves. Through medical signs, um, so let's call an ambulance.
1: Uh, now, that it, if, if there were charges, it would make for an interesting court case. And that's, I say that a lot when we're talking about these stories, because a lot of these would make for amazing court cases. Oh my uh, God. Imagine yeah, that, yeah, this one that moment when Carlos takes the stand and, you know, describes his history and the experience he has with exorcisms and why at that moment this was the right thing to do. That would be nice.
2: And is it in front of a jury or not? You know, yeah. Like, maybe you get enough religious people well i think it's it's beyond
1: (laughs) religious people i think you'd have a hard time finding you 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 know go in any church you're probably not going to find a group of people that'll support what happened there
2: no Um, no No, i don't think so but here we are anyway this stuff happens well let's lighten this up the only
1: topic that is uh that that could lighten up a a discussion about exorcism in children is probably politics right Yeah. yeah I don't closely follow politics, uh, but I, I do enjoy a nice municipal election. You know, when everyone has the signs under lawn and you're getting a new like mayor, and you know these sorts of things that can get interesting, especially in small town Canada when everybody knows the person like kind of connected to the race. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if there's a if Nova Scotia is having a municipal election anytime soon, but I will say that I know for sure that. Manitoba and Ontario have municipal elections coming up uh, in late October for, for each province. And the reason I know that is because in Manitoba, as well as in Ontario, there are two really two really kind of interesting races and interesting kind of moments going on. Do you want to go kind of central Canada and Ontario or should we start out west in Manitoba?
2: Let's start okay. out in Manitoba. Okay,
1: I like this story. Actually, I really enjoy both of these stories the uh, the the one in Manitoba would this be an irony or coincidence but somebody is running for mayor in Winnipeg, Manitoba and his uh, his campaign largely rests on, Encouraging active transportation, like biking, adding bike lanes. He promises significant investment in roads and bike lanes. A new system where bike owners will register their bikes as a way to counter bike theft. Um, His name is Rick Schoen. Something quite interesting happened to him uh, just recently after a major uh, press appearance. So bike theft is everywhere in Winnipeg these days. You only got to ask mayoral candidate Rick Schoen. Minutes after leaving a campaign announcement on Wednesday, coincidentally an announcement focused on his platform to heavily invest in active transportation and to introduce anti-bike theft measures, Schoen had his orange Rosson bicycle clipped from a rack on his truck, which he had parked outside his West End business. I'm gonna say it was a dumb thing on my part, but in reality, I shouldn't have had my bike stolen, Schoen said, and the timing was just odd. In the few minutes he was inside, a pair of people riding by on bicycles stopped, snapped the lock, and made off with his bicycle. In a social media post, fellow mayoral candidate Rana Bakari, who recently had the catalytic converter stolen from her campaign vehicle, gave her condolences. I hope you find your bike faster than I've been able to find a catalytic converter. I'll definitely keep my eyes peeled for it, Bakari wrote, referring to an an automotive part prized by thieves for the precious metals it contains inside. Schoen said he hadn't had a personal bike stolen since 1995. Normally, I'm really good with anti-theft measures. I understand the benefit of quality locks. I was just, I guess I was just rushing on Wednesday. So I can't, I feel bad for this guy, but I can't help but just kind of mm. laugh in the middle of all of this.
2: What's happening in this
1: town? Yeah, and... But why is crime so rampant? Crime is is wild there. And, is crime wild or are they targeting the mayoral candidates
2: the bike i think it's ke- both i think it's a i think it's systemic you know i think it's chicken before the egg kind of uh, scenario Well,
1: whichever mayoral candidate is running on a campaign of just like an anti-crime you know they're gonna have a pretty good way to get in there i would expect mm, the, or, or a pretty good yeah. case you only got to look at you know the, Rana Bakari, like her her uh, campaign vehicle is on the side of the road cuz someone stole it. The other guy, Rick Schoen, had his bike stolen. You know, I'm the only one who's going to be able to stop this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, there's defund the police. What's the opposite movement of that? Increase funding for police.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, fund fund
1: more fund the police. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, just to an interesting mo- uh, moment in a mayoral race. Yeah, it's,
2: I, I don't know. It's, it, is it intentional though? Like, um,
1: what do you mean? Like, do you think this is like, a, a press move? Like a publicity stunt?
2: Maybe, I don't know.
1: Mm. Well, it is kind of ironic or it is kind of convenient that a part of his campaign is to introduce, uh, legislation, I guess, or regulations or a bylaw that would, um, prevent bicycle thefts using his uh, bicycle registration thing like he wants I mean, his bike he wants him. people to register their bikes as a way yeah. to you know with serial numbers and all this stuff um yeah that could be interesting mm-hmm. but that uh, like that he could have his own interest in having his bike stolen but i don't know i think there could be a better a better way to demonstrate his cause like you know just have a burglar steal everybody's bikes around town and then all of a sudden people want to vote to because they're mad about bikes being stolen, they, they yeah. would be more sympathetic in themselves for, or more upset when their bike's stolen, than they would be sympathetic for this guy who's running for mayor that had his bike stolen.
2: Yeah, I think the I think the mayor did it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> case closed. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's get <laughs> to Ontario, where it's it's a little there's a little bit of a darker twist on this uh, because it gets into kind of just family dynamics. Do you have a, you don't have a brother, do you?
2: No, okay.
1: you have a, uh, you do have an older sibling.
2: I have two older sisters. Okay. If you, must um,
1: know. I don't need to know, but do, rather than talking personally about them, just about your relationships together. Like you, you, you communicate with each other regularly. You love them.
2: We love each other. We communicate enough. Okay.
1: You've talked to them within the last 20 years yeah Um, there's a situation going on in ontario Uh, a mayoral race is interesting where there are only two people running for mayor they're brothers but they're i don't know what the word for it is they haven't talked in 20 years i i can only assume they don't have a great relationship they're running against each other Uh, needless to say when people talk about the mayoral race in this town they generally don't talk about the important issues like housing and all the other, you know, social issues that need attention there. They get kind of caught up in this family drama. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to play a little clip that explains some of it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: In Port Colburn, there are only two candidates running for mayor in the municipal election, but both are from the same family as Manisa Denebalan tells us for the incumbent Bill Steele, his only opponent is his brother. Port Colborne's Mayor Bill Steele, who was also a former city councillor for 17 years, is running for a second term this coming election. His only other opponent, his older brother Charles Steele, who worked at Canada Post for 12 years.
2: I believe in democracy. Um, if I hadn't been running, the mayor would have been acclaimed.
3: Charles Steele, who hasn't spoken to his brother for 30 years, wants to see change.
2: He doesn't seem to be doing much for the city other than promoting cruise ships. He tends to um, take care of the, the rich.
3: When we asked Bill Steele about his opponent.
4: As I've done for my 21 years, I don't really discuss my opponents. I get uh, Bill Steele elected.
3: Most of the residents we spoke to were a bit concerned about two brothers going against each other in an election, but all say what's important is getting the issues fixed.
1: I have a feeling, like it may not be on the surface, but I have a feeling that's a nasty, nasty race. Oh, yeah, I, I like why haven't they talked? Yeah, like that. They, they don't get well, Not only have they not talked, I, I said 20 years, not only have they not talked in 30, 30 years, yeah. they're also not even talking about each other to <laughs> others. Like when they ask, they ask the one no. guy, the incumbent mayor. He's like, just like every other election over the last 21 years, I don't talk about my, you know, people running against me. I'm here to get Bill uh-huh. Steele for mayor. Um, yeah, that's like whatever that is, that's nasty.
2: What happened? like they won't even talk to each other and they're running against each other for mayor of
1: their small town. Yeah. That's one way to show your like your brother that you've hated for 30 years. I can only assume they hate each other. Why else would they not talk in 30 years? And it's not even like they, it's not like they haven't talked often for 30 years. Like they specifically have said like they haven't talked. That's like something big happened.
2: And he didn't even call him to say I'm running for mayor. Yeah, and coming for you. Yeah,
1: it. but it, it's it's clearly that's what he's doing, right? This is um in in the show Kirby Enthusiasm. I've learned about this idea of like a, I think they call it a spite restaurant, a spite business. The spite, yeah, op- yeah, yeah spite Like he store. was mad at a coffee shop. Larry mm-hmm. David, the main character in Curb, he was mad yeah. at a coffee shop, so Moky so shop. he opened his own <laughs> coffee shop next door just out of spite. This is kind of like a spite yeah. race for mayor yeah 30 years unless, later, you know unless like politics is in their blood like maybe their dad was mayor and his dad was mayor and then it's not so crazy because of course the two boys like they got it in their blood and they're gonna try to be mayor but if this is just two guys that just chose to run for mayor after not talking for 30 years well I
2: mean it sounds like the other guy has been at it for a while he's been I mean, mayor this for, guys like all right yeah the yeah. one brother's been mayor for 21 years hmm So now, finally, what is the straw that broke the camel's back here with this estranged brother where he's like, all right, but I've had yeah, enough. enough. Yeah. I'm running against him.
1: Mm-hmm. It seemed like, at least according to the interviews we heard there, it seemed like it was reasonable concerns. It was kind of like, you know, if you're on. Oh, no, this goes back to. Oh, I know. Kids, this has nothing to do. with This is
2: over, you know, someone someone stole the other's chocolate milk or something you know like it's that's you don't think this this is about
1: about the cruise ships and the money no
2: no that's just the veil they're putting over this sibling rivalry that goes back since you know since they were five you
1: know like people often will criticize journalists like journalism's dead you know so if, if there is a, any real journalists left they need to get to the bottom of the story because i think that's fascinating it could be a great movie it's kind of like i could picture
2: well there's got to be people there's got to be other family members that know the real story talk.
1: well there's someone needs to start knocking on some doors get to the bottom of what's happening go through old court documents i have a feeling they've maybe they fought it out in court once upon a time usually like i i can't imagine two brothers end up uh, not speaking for 30 years without there being kind of a court case.
2: It could either be about money, like maybe one borrowed money off the other at some point in time, never paid it back, I, I, et cetera, I've heard of, um... or it could be over
1: a woman mm, it could be but i i've heard maybe
2: this is a lot maybe this is a story about a broken heart
1: oh like every good story and song um yeah. and then uh, that usually ends in I, oh god this is getting de- this is getting dark um but i, I hear yeah. a lot of issues when uh with inheritance and all the like estates and all this stuff like, it could mm-hmm. be one of those things but no I'm, I'm thinking yeah it's probably about a woman
2: oh i, I, I or, b- so. well about a broken I so. heart i
1: don't know if it's a woman i don't know these fellas and i don't know what they're into but it's probably about a broken mm-hmm. well i guess we should start uh, we should start wrapping this up i think we're gonna have some follow-ups coming out of this episode because there are a lot of balls up in the air after this story so I- i'll be surprised if something more doesn't come out of this exorcism in saskatchewan a story like that isn't just going to go to rest mm-hmm. uh the the people who are occupying the church in ottawa the, the embassy as they call it Something's got to give. And two brothers duking it out to be mayor. I don't know, maybe in the, when it gets down to the wire and that final push, things will really get crazy. No, I think so. Um, anything you want to say before we go? Anything you're looking forward to? Anything you want to tease that you have coming up in terms of secret projects?
2: I have no secrets, no. But um, And secrets are secrets. So if it's secret, I'm not going to say anything. That's,
1: that's a good point.
2: Yeah, so um but I will say if if in case of emergency call 911.
1: Before we wrap this up, one thing we've talked about in the past is this idea that you know, we both have issues with Tim Hortons. We both have beef with Tim Hortons mm-hmm. and we often say if Anyone out there listening has a Tim Hortons complaint. If they work there and they have insider secrets, we want to hear about it. Um, I've actually have a Tim Hortons complaint that hit pretty close to home. My nine-year-old son has beef with Tim Hortons. And I Whoa. I offered him a uh, venue to share it. Can we, you want to listen in on this, Aaron? All right, let's, so, let's buddy, hear it. So, tell us what's going on.
4: Every day, once we drop my little brother off at daycare, we usually go to Tim Horton's to get a coffee for him and an ice water.
1: And not a bottle of water. We'll get an ice water so it's in a coffee cup, and we pretend that we're yeah. both having coffee.
4: Yeah, that's always good. Okay. And,
1: and for and we've been doing this for years, and it's always cost us. Yeah,
4: zero, up free. They free.
1: would give him a free cup with with water from the tap in it. However,
4: a few days ago, they started charging us 10 cents.
1: (laughs) Here's the thing. This may go over your head a bit, bud. But when companies and businesses, they try to, like, charge you more, they do it in a way where they try to act like they're helping. So what Tim Hortons is doing is as a way to, like, reduce garbage and waste, um... And to encourage people not to use double cups but instead use those little sleeves if you want a double mm-hmm. cup they'll charge you 10 cents a
3: double cup
1: yeah like a double cup like when the coffee's hot some people want two cups they'll put an extra cup yeah, on yeah because they're trying to make the cups feel like the cups that just come naturally from mcdonald's um but so what tim hortons is doing is when we ask for a coffee for me and an ice water for you Thanks. they're like We're not just giving these people cups this will kill it will consider it a double cup and so they charge you 10 cents yeah and i would i'd like to say we'll never go back but
3: (laughs) Eh. this is the thing that
2: i find um hypocritical of the two of you um you you really spend a lot of time kind of uh you know ripping on tim hortons and giving them a hard time on the internet of all places Mm -hmm. you're there multiple times a day
4: you're right
2: yeah.
4: um maybe we shouldn't be so hard on them
2: well maybe we should no you should but you should stop going yeah, yeah.
1: or we'll just continue to go we'll pay the 10 cents using one of my sayings to uh, that help will help him get through life is we'll just give the baby the bottle all right
4: i hate that saying
1: if you want if they want the yeah 10 that's cents. giving up
2: that's giving up you got to fight the fight
1: uh but yeah that's um that may have been a lighthearted way to tell you, but yeah, Tim Hortons is uh, charging for double cups now.
2: Yeah, All well, under
1: the guise of encouraging people to use their little sleeves. Mm-hmm. Come on.
2: It's nonsense, like every other thing that yeah. they do.
1: Just like the people. When will the beast be slayed? Well, we're doing our part, right?
2: Yeah, we're, we're trying to... Well, you're not, but I am. <laughs> I pay
1: I pay them a considerable amount of money for coffee.
2: I'd say a solid twenty-five percent of your salary mm-hmm. goes to Tim Hortons.
1: Um well I'm gonna have to think about that tonight. I got a lot of soul searching to do, I guess. I think you do. Let's wrap it up, Aaron. Until next time.
2: Until next time, Jordan. Don't, don't jump into exorcism as the
1: first option in healthcare.
2: Oh, 911 the power of podcast compels you. I want to
1: thank you for joining Aaron and I in our attempt to keep Canada weird. But let us also call out to you for support in our mission. If something unusual happens in your town, let us know. And the best way to do it is by sending a voice memo to us at nighttimepodcast.com/contact. We hope to hear from you there. Now, before we wrap up the episode, I want to give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout-out to the Internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, who supplies the intro and outro voiceovers for this series. And lastly, I have a massive thanks, and the most important thanks, to every one of you who listened to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping this show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, make sure you listen on the premium feed. And not only does the premium feed fund the creation of the show, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly and maintain a full catalog of back episodes only on the premium feed. So for about the price of a cup of coffee Give the show and yourself a pat on the back at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And let me thank the newest subscribers, Tara and Queen Cheryl. Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it with a premium feed subscription, you can give us a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting any like-minded friends know what we're doing here. And if you want to give story ideas or give feedback on the show, or again, contribute a voice memo, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. Aaron and I hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let
4: us know if you say anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.